There we go. Is that all right? There we go. Hello and welcome to the Black Ink Podcast. This is episode number eight. This is episode number 29. Go on. This is episode number 29. If you're a long-time listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to The Freak Show. Nah, I'm not one of those guys who says shit like that because it's not a freak show, is it? It's just some dude who started up a brand sitting in like a, a bar arrangement with some shit on a table in front of him. I'm just fucking trying my best. The crazy part to me is this looks like just all of my shit on of a table in front of a camera. And like, I'm just doing it to... Here's a breakdown of the psychology, you know what I mean? So... Obviously, like I produce something, so like by the time you receive it, I've done a whole heap of little things so that it's something for you, right? So you see a finished video that's on like YouTube with a title and a little description and all this shit, and then you know you go before that. Obviously, I had to record this, and then before that, I had to put all this shit on the table, and then before that, I had to organize this whole space to shoot this podcast, and before that, hey, Louis, stop. No, I'm recording a podcast. Before that, I'd even have the idea of like recording a podcast. So by the time like you get the finished product, it's like everything you see is just like part of what you see. But for me, like, you know, and I'm not saying for me specifically, this is that this applies to every single procedure. There are so many things in place that by the time you're receiving something and this, I think this might even be like what the problem is with like even politics and things like like that is like there's so many things in play that we that we either don't know or will never get to find out that by the time we get the end thing which is like a change of law or like what you know the government's trying to do with our country what direction they're trying to take it like we're just like what the fuck like where does this come from and then when i'm sure if we found out this is the thing when you watch those documentaries when they talk about something that happened 40 years ago so everything's on public record now they're like oh well it's actually came down to this decision that got made by this person which then funneled through all these different things and then turned out to be this thing anyway got way off the fucking point but oh louis louis chill it's all good just relax she always does this. We're all like relaxed and I get excited to record a podcast and she's like, yeah, dad, I'm just going to sleep in the sun for like an hour, hour and a half. You go record your podcast and then I go and start up. She wants to jump on my lap, walk on the table, fuck around. And now she wants to play with the only toy that's got a bloody squeak in it. But it is what it is. Also, what is the go with people who look at themselves when they're taking a picture? Like they're taking a selfie of themselves in the mirror, but they look at themselves in the mirror. Like... That, that almost like ties into what we're talking about. At what part of the process did they think the end result would be best if it was just them looking? And it's only because like you know what it looks like in a picture when someone's looking at themselves. Because when you first look at it, you're like, where are they even looking at? And then you realize like, oh, this vain motherfucker is looking at themselves. And then the crazy part is they do it in every single photo that they post. It's like, don't you get that everyone looks at the camera? I know like the initial thing, the first time you look at a camera in a mirror while you're taking a photo of yourself, you know, not guilty, never done this, but just in case you have, you realize like, oh, this is weird because I have to look at the camera when normally I look at myself in the mirror, you know, because I'm a selfish piece of shit. But normally I look at myself and now I've got to look into the camera just as if there was no mirror and someone was taking a photo of me, I would look at the camera, not at the person, you know? But I feel like saying that out loud is just like, of course, you know, but then people do it every time. And is that like them saying like, yeah, this is a photo of me 
in the situation of a mirror. You know what I mean? Like if you see me at the footy game, you see me cheering, or if you know you see a picture of me in a nightclub, you see me dancing or drinking, you see me in a bathroom, bitch, I'm looking at myself. That's what I do when I'm in a bathroom. And you just caught a moment of that. Oh, that that's like that's me playing their point of view, by the way. That's the only explanation that if someone came to me with that, I'd be like, well, okay, you logical piece of shit. I guess that's the way it is then, you know? But to me, it's just like, I want to appear as if someone is, oh, okay, here's a psychology of like these these types of photos, right? So I guess what I'm saying when I, like if I took a photo of myself in the mirror, this is all very fucking, if I was doing it, uh, theoretical. If I was taking a photo of me, I would want to look at the camera so that that, that kind of talks to the audience in that in saying that if you were standing next to me and you were looking at me, this is what this would look like, right? Because I mean, when you think about it, how unnatural is a fucking taking a photo of yourself in a mirror? You got to think about it like reflective surfaces that are so precise like mirrors are now are super recent when you consider the whole history of mankind. And then when you consider being able to take a super fucking clear photo with like just the touch of a button, literally like swipe up and touch a button and you've taken a photo, that is even more recent than the existence of fucking reflective surfaces of us being able to look at ourselves, you know? So this whole concept of taking a photo of herself in the mirror is super new, but it's something that seems like everyone has like, even if they haven't posted it online, they've done it before. They take a photo of themselves in the mirror for whatever reason. It's something that humans gravitate towards, especially when we see other people doing it. We think, oh, okay, that's something that I want to do for whatever reason, you know? And I guess this is the thing, like, so me having a problem with how people uh, take photos of themselves in the mirror especially where their eyes are looking, whether it's at the camera, at themselves or wherever else, like, I guess there's a point there where I have to ask myself, like, well, what do you have a problem with here? You know, like, maybe I have a problem with the way I look when I take photos of myself and I'm looking at myself rather than at the camera. But I just feel like it's such an obvious thing that, like, is that what you're trying to do with a photo, though? Like, I guess it all comes down to, like, what message are you trying to send when you post a photo, you know? Like, when you post a photo, like, you see it all the time. Some chick that's, like, 20-something, just turned fresh, fresh turned single, and now all of a sudden she's posting photos in a bikini. It's like, she is communicating to the audience a particular message. I'm not going to say what that message is, because it makes me look like a piece of shit, but we know what the message is, you know? So, I feel like... If someone is taking a photo of themselves in the mirror and they're looking at themselves and then say they put that as a profile picture, are they not communicating to their audience that I take myself more seriously than I expect you to take me? Or No, sorry. I take myself more seriously than what I take you, I guess, is one thing. Like I'm not even respecting the audience by looking at them. I'm looking at themselves. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Nothing drives me more bonkers when someone takes a group photo in a mirror and there's like three people looking at the camera and one person looking at themselves and it's like, (laughs) hey, you continue to fuck up, you know, you continue to fuck up. I'll tell you what, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine and it's always interesting. He's one of those friends where, how would I explain him? I met him at a really like kind of key point. Actually, you know what? Let me rewind a little bit. Let me tell you a little bit of fucking, a little bit of history here. So what happened in my early 20s is uh, some of them, like, I would say some of the more more influential people of my life I met in my early 20s and have held on to since then. And 
there was this group of us boys that all used to hang out. We ride fixies, uh, ride longboards and shit like that. And these guys at all, I think I've spoken about them before on my podcast. They traveled, I did when I was explaining the dice game. They thought, oh no, maybe that's when I was explaining the dice game to someone else. Yeah. Anyway, enough about that. So these guys had done heaps of traveling. I had done my own traveling with skating. Um, you know, they had p- particular like expertise in these really cool little areas. Like one of them was really good at rock climbing and kind of abseiling and stuff. Uh, another one was really into his fixies and had done heaps of traveling with his fixie. Um, the particular guy that I was talking to this morning, Steve, was like he was into his longboards. He also had a fixie, like a female Indy 500 with the fixed gear and the flat bar. It's fucking sick. And I'm pretty sure I sold it to a mate and then I think he said that we can get it back. I mean, because if we can get it back, that's a cool bike just to like have in the collection, you know? Anyway, I was talking to him this morning and like, he's one of those dudes, he's one of those dudes that, you know, you talk to once every bloody six months and it's all good, you know? And the thing that I always remember when I talk to Steve is like, I instantly am reminded that I just like the way he views the world and like makes me think about how I view the world. And like, even in his analogies, the way he describes these massive theories that he has, not even theories, just like his, um, what he's learned and read from like philosophers. Yeah. Philosophers. Um, and like how he interprets it and how he like explains that message to me. It's really cool. I think like one of the things that has always been a strong point of mine is my ability to create, um, examples and analogies in my mind to, describe the the message or the whatever it is the most important part of what i'm trying to explain it's always being able to come up with those things and say like oh okay so like just being a good teacher i guess like being able to create different pathways in people's minds through the words that you use to translate that message to someone and the cool thing about steve is i feel like he does he takes the same amount of um, consideration for exactly that for building these ideas based off the way he can dance with his words that's most appropriate and applicable to the person that he's speaking to. So it's really cool to talk to him and hear about how he sees life and how he interprets what's going on around him and how he like kind of actualizes it in his mind. And then obviously the cool thing about when you've got a when you've got a relationship like this with someone where we're we're so we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to each other we explain like how we're feeling and how we feel we got there and all of these like i wouldn't say progressive but just sensible male traits to have in 2021 and it's really cool just to hear a super quick breakdown like here's how i'm feeling here's how i feel i got there and here's how i'm kind of internalizing it and understanding it for myself so i can have a greater perspective of what's going on all things that like I feel I do within my mind and with my life, but just hearing like, obviously he lives in Melbourne, so he's in the middle of a lockdown. So he has to kind of, um, he approaches, obviously his approach and his feel in life is a lot different because he has a very real like difference of situation compared to me. And I think it's just, it's kind of, uh, it's humbling to speak to him because the one thing is like, obviously he's going through all these notions Um, and the second thing is like being able to have someone articulate in like sensible terms, how they're feeling. Cause I not taking anything away from anyone in lockdown, but I feel like if you took the majority of population and put them through anything, most people's description of what happened would be pretty fucking useless. Right. And you know, disagree with me if you want, but I just feel like people's ability to articulate what's going on in them in real time. That's really difficult. That's almost kind of like why I'm interesting because I make that one of my duties to get better at that, to explain myself better. I've been a creative writer for years and years and one of the main things about creative writing is say what you're going to say. 
You know what I mean? Don't fuck around. Don't make it pretty. Just say what you're going to say. Almost want to use the least amount of words or just the right amount of tempo and timing to create a beautiful sentence and repeat that over and over and over. And being able to say what you say, what you're trying to say and explain your emotion and like have a place where you're like coming from integrity and you're coming from like, you actually have some fiber about you. That's the thing that like most people I feel aren't trying to get good at. I try and get good at that. And Steve is so naturally good at that. So hearing his opinion about what's going on in this really, like he said, day 200 and something of lockdown. It's like, I can really appreciate that he's coming from like a genuine place. He's not trying to play it up. He's not trying to make it sound worse than what it was. And like the, the crazy thing is he's telling me something that's really bad. And at the same time, he's like, but I'm privileged because I had to have this experience and this experience and this experience. And just, just being really kind of mature about the situation. So I felt really lucky to have that like kind of backwards and forwards with him. And it, you know, there's almost a part of, I would, I would say there's almost a part of me that feels kind of guilty and saying like, I'm having a fat time, like black ink's just going from strength to strength and rah, rah, rah. But at the same time, this is a great thing about having a beautiful friendship with someone like that. I understand that he appreciates that I'm coming from a place of like, I'm just excited about this. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't say this to most people that I'm going like, bang, 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 like I'm doing well. In all honesty, I try and... I try and curate the, the black ink story very um, kind of, I don't want to say modestly because obviously like I talk for 45 minutes on a black ink podcast every other day or every day. So it's pretty inappropriate to say modestly, but I still feel like the way that I translate what black ink is to people, I still I try and take some humility with it so that as it progresses along the way, it's like people are, are happy that it's progressing rather than me saying, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, it's going to be this then it kind of allows people to go like, oh, it's this, it's that, it's this as it happens. You know, you kind of don't want, I feel like I don't want to be up the front of the ship, like screaming into the distance, which way we're heading. I just want the ship to be heading that direction and in the middle of it, just happy, just watching around. So talking to Steve, I feel like that's one of those times where you do stand at the front of the ship and you go, we're discovering new land, motherfuckers, you know, a terrible analogy, but you know what I'm saying. And yeah, it's kind of cool to have Steve like, just say like, it's, like I can hear it in your voice, you're, you're sounding happy and healthy and that's a main thing and rah, rah, rah. So really cool to have that conversation. Now, obviously gave the fucking biggest setup for like what the, the conversation that we're going to have. I just want to give you some backstory about who this dude is and why he's fucking, we just, I, I could probably record a whole podcast just on little stories that actually, this is a fucking awesome story. This is, <laughs> this is one of those stories where like you feel like it's building up to a punchline. It's not, it was just ridiculous this night. So as it turned out, I uh, so when I had my coffee van, I used to have people contact me all the time and say, hey, can we put X, Y, and Z on your coffee van? Can we put our cakes in there? Or can we put this and that in there? So anyway, I had this lady contact me and she was like from a real bougie, like cake sort of joint. I just got to make sure. Hey, Louie. Right, and we're back. Louie just had to get real fucking crazy, didn't she? So I've closed the door. We're getting back at it. I get this thing. I put it in the fridge and I think, and like just completely out of my mind. Anyway, the way my days used to operate was I was up, you know, at two, three, four o'clock, whatever it was. I would do all my morning routine. I would get in the coffee van. I would drive all morning delivering coffees to everyone. I get to 12, one o'clock in the afternoon. I go back to base, clean everything up, get it ready for tomorrow. Normally home by like one o'clock, one thirty in the afternoon. So my days were like just on repeat. You would go get all the work and hustle done in the morning. And then sometimes like one or two afternoons a week, you had to do your running around and get your cups and, you know, little bits and pieces to restock. But typically the day was done at two o'clock. So 
my days would be filled with just doing anything you know what i mean like we would go on little trips and stuff down south we would go like this group of boys and i we used to just do heaps of stuff all the time go and like riding our fixies was one of the big ones anyway there was one night where only steve could come around so he's come around i think he might have lived a bit far away so he used to drive his car in with his bike in the back and then we would ride from there anyway one thing that we allegedly used to do that of course for the sake of this video this is all just a story that i've made up but one thing that we used to do is smoke uh, tobacco and we would go riding. And like we used to do things like you'd smoke heaps of tobacco and then you would put your, air, your, your earbuds in. You know, you just had the wired ones back then because it's 100 years ago. And you would we'd get the same album and we'd play it at the exact same time and then go riding. So we'd be having the same experience through the album as we're riding around. And it was just the most crazy thing because like you'd, you'd be hearing to a part coming up and then I'd see him fucking get out of the seat and start partying, you know, like pedaling really hard. Just really cool fucking, cool, cool shit like that. Anyway, it probably sounded like this isn't that cool, man. It was cool. I guess you had to be there sort of cool. So anyway, we uh, one night he comes around and we smoke a heap of tobacco and we go for a ride and then we come back and we smoke a heap more. And then I was like, oh man, like I, all that tobacco has me really hungry, you know? And he's like, yeah, dude, me too. So we end up fucking, I was like, had this come to moment where I'm like, that chick dropped around one of everything on her menu. Can you believe she dropped around one of everything on her menu, bro? We have to go and have a look at this. And he's just like, you can imagine like two 20 something year old boys just absolutely rip giggling at the idea that there's these muffins and, and pastries and fucking, um, what do you call them? Like the, the squares and bars and all that just sitting there good to go. So I was like, hang on, hang on. I own a business. We need to be responsible, but responsible about this. <laughs> So we've written up like, got this notepad out and we've written up all the names of all the things that we're going to try. And then we're like, right, so we don't forget. So we don't just go like, oh, it's all so good. <laughs> we'll write a review of everything as we fucking, as we try it. So we've started like, you know, at first it starts like you get a knife and you're cutting everything down the center and you're doing the like, hmm, it has a creamy center with it. Yep, write it down, it has a creamy center with And the funny part about it was like, it started off with us being so specific about what the taste of everything were and like cutting it in half. By the end of it, it would just be like picking up something, biting half of it and then handing it over and like, what do you reckon? <laughs> and then the next day when we read all the descriptions, it basically just said that all of them were hell yummy. It really gave us no information. <laughs> It was so fucking stupid. I hate myself that I haven't been able to find that piece of paper later because it was just so funny. It's one of those things where you go like, oh, it's all good. We took a review and you read it and you're like, oh, well, just get all of them then because apparently they're all good. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Hmm. So I'm talking to Steve today and he was saying how um, our generation is a, this isn't his words. This is like obviously what he said, how I interpreted it and now delivering it to you. So this is like, I guess his idea and how I'm, how I'm fucking, I'm guiding it to you, you know, but basically we're, a, basically we're a generation of kids that grew up thinking that life is just a continuous success path. You just go from success to success to success to success. And like the problem with like, I guess maybe because we grew up on movies or maybe it's because our parents had a much rougher experience than what we had and wanted to create a better environment and a better upbringing for us 
and I guess in a, in a weird way, we're kind of doing that for our kids now. I see that with like, you know, my friends that have kids, their aspiration is to do better than what the parents did for them. So I guess it's just maybe it's something about humans that rings more true there than whatever. But one thing that uh, we've been brought up with is this idea that we're going to go from win to win to win to win to win. And I think it's like, it's okay to think like that. I think it takes a lot of... Um, I think you've got to like, if you're going to commit to doing that, if you're going to go like, right, this is what life is about is winning all the time. You have to get really fucking good at winning. You know, like you have to prioritize being someone who's like, okay, what's the most common problem that I have to solve as a human? And how do I get really efficient and good at solving it? Therefore being able to win as much as I can, you know, because the modern win is like pulling up in a new Malu ute, having a $250,000 job, having the missus that's hotter than everyone else, putting a ring on her that's better than all of her friends, having her hair done at the most illustrious place in town. Like it just goes on and on and on. And the thing is like the road never stops and it only gets wider as far as cost goes. So I think the thing that, and obviously like can be interpreted a bunch of different ways, but the main point that he was saying is that not it's not necessarily about like, what winning looks like. It's the fact that we think that the way he worded it was that life is an ocean of winning with islands of struggle and turmoil, right? But in reality, like all philosophers like said the same thing that life essentially is struggle with these brief moments of fleeting happiness and success. So rather than it being an ocean of fucking happiness, it's actually an ocean of suffering that is life with these brief moments of beautiful times and happiness and fun and enriching moments. And, you know, it was interesting how I found myself responding to it. The great thing about conversation in the moment, and I feel this is one of the really great strengths about phone calls and having conversations with people who encourage you to speak and to have an opinion and to talk your mind is that you get to talk almost with your eyes closed. You get to imagine, don't worry about what your face looks like. Don't worry about what their face receiving the message looks like. You can just say what you want to say as as your mind sees it and that is who you are that is your character you know when you're talking to someone face to face you kind of have to have that you kind of have to have that backwards and forwards where you're like you're reading all the little micro fucking things going on in their eyes and nose and mouth and you're responding to that and you're catering if they're not liking the conversation you turn it light or if they're having a really good time you add on to it and get them to laugh and da, da, da. when you're on the phone you just get to kind of like float in the abyss and let the conversation be about just what you're seeing in your head and what they're putting in your head in return and you know kind of like speaking back to that and the thing that i said to steve when he spoke to me about that i said it's funny you know i completely understand what you're talking about as far as the concept of how to view how much suffering and happiness and all the rest is the actual idea of thinking about that i understand while i don't understand the way you particularly look at it I can appreciate it and I I can kind of see it, but I don't give any depth to it at the moment because I haven't thought like that. One thing that I will say is in the past eight months, I've found ultimate purpose. And now I don't have time to think about whether there should be more time for suffering or happiness in this life. I think about problems that need to be solved for black ink. Now, obviously, hey, I'm the biggest piece of shit in the world because it's beautiful that I have these problems to solve. And Steve is coming from a place of like a, a stupid amount of like time to himself kept inside, you know, the, the fucking repeated thing about 70% of, 70% of the population has to be vaccinated before they're going to come out of lockdown. So it's like almost like similar to some sort of, you know, camp where you're like, you're not allowed out of your house, you're not allowed to fucking, 
you're not allowed out after dark, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that. But if you follow this one rule, then maybe we can... It seems just pretty bizarre, you know? And I'm not talking about that, and I'm sorry for burping and shits. This coffee got me all giddy. But the the fact that, like... I get to I get to have that point of view where it's not even a, it's not even a discussion about like well how sad am I and how happy am I and what is life actually meant to be like and what's my purpose here and what am I doing and exactly that like I'm coming from a point where it's like oh nothing matters anymore because I have purpose you know like if I go hungry for a day for a greater purpose it doesn't matter you know if I can't afford to do something for a couple of months but the greater purpose gets the get like gets the fucking tasty end of that deal then it doesn't matter it, you know, I am nothing. And like you even hear about Mike Tyson's early um, hypnotization stuff and uh, being hypnotized. And he goes, it was always that he was not a fighter or he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a person or he wasn't Mike Tyson. He was just winning. He was a goal. That's all he was. He was just like the desire, the will. There was nothing else that mattered. That's all he was. And I don't understand what that meant for him, but I understand my interpret- interpretation of that being that like, Nothing matters now that Black Ink is here. Like, I don't even know what direction Black Ink is going, but all I know, as Steve described, which I'm now completely using in my mind because it's a beautiful way of seeing things, the purpose that you have in life is the ski rope that drags you through all the suffering and happiness and experiences and all that. The purpose is the thing you're holding on to. You've got like, this is the thing like, your thing, like my thing might be fucking black ink. So that's the skis that I've got under my feet. But the purpose I have, which is black ink doing something. It's like I can ride black ink through all the suffering, through all the happiness, through all the sadness, through all the good times and the bad times. And they're all the same. It's just how we interpret them. They're all the same. And on that note, let me say something. Today is Saturday, obviously, because I post these a day late. I'm recording this on Friday. Normally, my what my goal is, is to record Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so that I have podcasts to, to post on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So there's a podcast for every weekday. Now, here's what happened. I had a terrible, terrible fucking message that I woke up to yesterday morning. Not terrible in that and anyone died, but just like as far as my business goes, I'm at a bottleneck now where everything kind of relies on this one thing to happen that one thing was meant to happen yesterday i woke up to a message yesterday saying that that thing wasn't going to happen uh you know i don't want to get too much into it i just want to talk about it later on when it's all happened but essentially i said this isn't going to be happening and i went from and like i wake up at buddy 2 30 in the morning so it's 2 30 in the morning i'm walking around my kitchen feeling like shit feeling sorry for myself now Basically, my day went downhill. You know what I mean? Like when I I thought my whole day was going to be about this one thing, because this one thing was going to take a good portion of the day. And also in my mind, I see it in my mind as like, that is my day is this task. So that when I go and do that task, my mind is there. My mind isn't thinking about the thing that I just did and the thing that I'm going to do. I gave the whole day this task. You have all my attention. You have all my energy. This is what I'm doing. I'm here for you, you know? And I'm just, I'm only saying that for the sake of like, you can see how I'm approaching it. So when I had this taken away from me, it's like, not only do all these things in my business that are going to happen, rely on this thing happening. It's more to the fact like now I've got this open day. And when you work for yourself, the biggest fear is that you're being stagnant or moving backwards. So I don't want to go like, oh, well, I've got a day off. I'll go fucking smoke cones and put my feet up. It's more of like, right, I've got this day. What the fuck am I meant to be doing? If the ultimate universe pulled this job out and put it somewhere else, then what job am I meant to fit in here, you know? 
And I got so caught up and going like, well, maybe it's this and maybe it's that. And like, I still got things done and I still like progressed and moved forward and did little bits and pieces as I had to. But I really let, let the boat get rocked so much so that not only did I not record a podcast, but I didn't even wake up in time this morning to do my posting for Friday morning. So the biggest thing I find and like, this is a part where I'm being completely fucking transparent and and vulnerable to a certain point like i'll admit that there's a certain amount of disappointment that i carry into the into the day that i don't do these things but the one thing i do is one the one thing i do allow to happen is one day a week off social media in the morning allowing myself to sleep in normally i like it to be sunday it looks like my sunday this sunday is going to be pretty crazy so like i'm going to be on the road i'm pretty early in the morning so i'm probably going to be up and posting and doing all the rest so when I woke up this morning and I just had super heavy eyes and I was like, you know what, today's my day off. I'm gonna let it be my day off. And I let it be my day off. That's one of the really big things is like, I don't go on there and still like, oh, I'll chuck up a post at seven, seven o'clock instead of five and see how it goes. No, I don't think about that task. I don't let myself solve that problem today. I might even do a post this afternoon at four o'clock because it's another great time to post. But no, you know what I mean? No, it's just not, it's all good. It's all, it's all good. We don't need to do that every single day because even if my success you know whatever success you want to manage uh sorry whatever success you want to take into consideration hinges on that little bit of extra work that i might do what that one extra post a week then dude i don't want the success i'm still chasing happiness before i'm chasing wealth you know it's like being able to say like i take myself so seriously and i give myself i bet in favor of me so much so that if this is how i'm feeling at 2.30 in the morning for the fucking 20th day straight that I want to have a sleep in, then today might just be the day. But also it's being the motherfucker that tomorrow when I wake up feeling like that, you don't listen to that bitch. You get to listen to that bitch once a week, once a week. And this is the thing, like how funny is the conversations that you have with yourself when you're doing all this? Like when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I think today might be the day that I fucking sleep in. That's the day that like, you, when you make the decision and you commit to it, you have to fucking dig down into it and really fucking own it. You know what I mean? Like really own it because you're going to hate yourself tomorrow if you like fuck around with it. Like if that first alarm goes off and you're like, no, nope, today's the day I'm sleeping in and you don't turn off the other three alarms that you've got set just to make sure that you were going to get up. If you don't turn them off, then you fucked it because you ruined like... You could go back to sleep for two hours now. Now you're going to wake up in 15 minutes, then 12 minutes, then nine minutes, and they're all different alarms. So it's going to fuck with your mentals anyway. So you're essentially going to be awake. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, I feel like, see, like to me, I'm one of those, one of those people who are like, I love McFlurries with all the fucking, with all the shit in there. So if they've got M&M's Oreos and whatever, just put all the shit in there and mix it all up. You know what I mean? I'm not fucking around. When I get a McFlurry, it's so like rare and sparing that I don't, I don't like, I don't fuck around. I like to eat the McFlurry, you know, I like to get massive scoops of ice cream. I like to chew on the ice cream and I like to just fucking just enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't want it to last because it's a special moment. I just want to fucking absolutely devour it because I'm here to eat the ice cream. That's what I came to do. I've gone through the drive-thru. I've waited the whole way until we got home without even touching it. Now all I want to do is eat the fucking ice cream. You know what I mean? So when it comes to like these these moments of... And this is the thing. If you put something up on a pedestal so high, then it has to be fucking worth it when you get there. So to me, if I'm going to go back to sleep, I'm turning off all of my alarms. I'll have a massive drink of water if I possibly can just to like try and make it even better when I wake up so I don't wake up kind of dry mouth or fucking headache or whatever. 
you know, and then get the dog, make her cuddle me as well. And then fucking, and I'm talking about my actual dog, not my missus and cuddle her as well. And I mean, if my, if she wants to cuddle, she can join you. It's not even about her. You know what I mean? And I go back to sleep and right before I go to sleep, I just say to myself over and over in my mind, how lucky I am, you know, that I get to do this. I'm nice and warm. Fuck the rest of the world. This is what's up. And the good thing about that is, is tomorrow when you get out of bed, when that alarm goes off, the first one, you're just like, well, I had my shit yesterday. I had my shit yesterday. And look, by the day after that, you're starting to forget what the feeling even feels like. But that's all right, because you've only got five days ahead of you, you know? And this is the crazy part. And like, I think this is an athlete thing. I don't, I don't know if it's an athlete thing or a boy thing. It's just so rudimentary to think that uh, like a break or time off or recovery is like important. It's super easy just to slip into the thing where like, no, I just fucking work seven days a week. I work day in, day out. I love what I do. So I barely see it as work. Rah, rah. That's fucking, dude, that is what it is. That That's whatever fucking relationship you've got with yourself in your mind. And dude, no one's taking that away from you. And honestly, if you're a fucking Dave Goggins sort of dude, go, go, keep going. If that's you, that's all good. But if you're just, you know, an average person, which is a really fucking hard thing to accept if you're born after fucking 1990, I feel. If you're just an average person, which you probably are, you're probably going to do really great things a day after you have a day off. And when I say a day off, like, this is a hard thing. Like, I have a day off and I'm like, oh, sweet, I'll ride my Harley in the morning for a fucking blast, go get some coffee. Then I might, I'll come home, I might fucking do some stuff in the shed. And then we'll jump on the push bikes. We'll go for a ride while the sun's out. If I can get the legs, wear a singlet, da, da, da. And then come home. I might even go for a skate with a dog. If she, you know, That's not a day off. You know what I mean? Like as, as wild as it sounds, all those energy exerting things, you need to kind of feed them into like little free areas that you've got during the rest of the week. And when you have your day off or your time, your time off, it's like recover, recover, you know, go fucking floss your teeth, go drink extra water, go have some fruit and some veg. Go fucking get a massage. Lay on the couch. You know what I mean? Like, do real recovery shit. Take time for yourself. Don't look at your phone. Read a book, you know? Like, just let your body stop. Something that's super hard. And I feel like it's definitely a skill because obviously the more you do it, the better you get at it. And this, and like, obviously, even like trying to develop a hobby for yourself, something that you like doing, the more you do these things, the more you realize what you do like doing and you don't like doing and you can adjust and adapt to, to exactly the experience that you want to have. But it's really important to know what that winding down feeling is because just psychologically, I find it's not the actual like... The thing about being in the sauna for me is it's really painful. Like I don't like being there. But I do know that when I've been in the sauna, it gives me the ability to say I've been in the sauna. You know, it's like, well, anything that can be sweated out or whatever it might, any, you know, any kind of thought that you attach to that, you go like, right, that's happened. Like I've done that experience. So therefore that it means like for me, when I say like, oh, I've had a sleep in, then I go like, well, that gives me a free ticket to produce excellent work today. I don't expect it of myself, but I put myself in the best possible position to create excellent work because I'm not coming in like Daisy and that from spending hours staring at a screen before the sun comes up. I'm coming in fucking bushy eyed and fluffy tailed with a fucking full stomach full of coffee ready to go. You know what I mean? That's how like, and that's how I've approached this podcast even this morning, right? You've had some time off. I've spent next to no time on Instagram. I've talked to my friend on the phone. You should be charged. You should be good and ready to go. So even if you're not confident, which I wasn't, I had fuck all to talk about coming into this podcast, get on and spit and see what happens. And here we are. 
here we are. And that's because I gave myself that time to like just fucking... And also like, how's this? I feel like as a guy and like to be perfectly honest, I know I've said this before, to be completely transparent, I am an island, right? The closest thing I have to someone understanding what's going on is Riz. And then second closest thing to to knowing what's going on is my mum. And the thing about like having these two people that really understand in depth what's going on, and obviously they help me solve a lot of my problems and they help me answer a lot of the questions that Black Ink generates and my lifestyle generates. But at the same time, I definitely feel like obviously the majority of my success hinges on the decisions that I make. Like a lot of it comes down to like the decisions that you're going to make every day. So it's super easy to fall into, as I said, not giving yourself any time off as far as like being able to recover. But there's also like giving yourself time off when you realize that your mind is walking through the mud rather rather than taking the concrete path. And I think that sometimes it's hard to identify those moments when they're happening. And it's really important. So like yesterday, I found that like I still kick goals. I still had achievements to write at the end of the day. I'd still come up with fresh ideas and I still had things I was looking forward to. The day was standard. It started with a bit of a setback. You know, it. I, I probably kept that setback in the back of my mind the whole day and, and it meant that I had to solve a few new problems. Obviously, that allows you to like really embezzle the feeling of being like you've set back but also at the same time you know when i went to bed last night i didn't go to bed happy because i had so much build up about how the end of yesterday would be in my mind that when it didn't reach out at the end of the day i was kind of like fuck i'm going back to in the same position i was going to yesterday and it was all meant to be over by today you know and when i woke up this morning i felt that i felt that you know i felt that unhappiness and this is the thing this is the thing, man, like I fucking, I look back at like all these old cunts that I used to work with at, you know, mine sites and truck driving jobs and all the rest. And you look at them and they're angry, they're angry to their core. And the crazy part is like, I used to experience that anger in these brief periods. And that anger comes from the fact that like, you know, when you wake up, how you feel. And most of the time, you know where that fucking feeling comes from. And I, I believe a lot of it comes down to people just being enraged by the fact that the system that was meant to give them their Australian dream is a system that's given them debt beyond their fucking wildest means of being able to repay it. And so now they're angry. And now they're like, they wake up with that feeling. And now I'm in such a privileged position and I admit that I'm not saying, and I'm like, I'm just super lucky, I guess, that I fucking put my balls to the breeze to figure out if I could do it. But now when I wake up and I have that feeling of just like unsettled or unhappiness or anger, whatever it might be, and being able to go like, today's the day off. And I give myself permission to have a day off. And not only am I going to like have the day off, but I'm going to brag about it to myself. This is my day. I feel good. I feel good. You know, I'm allowing myself to recover. I appreciate that I work hard and I'm recovering, you know? So yeah, coming into this, uh, coming into fucking just understanding, understanding business. And obviously like yesterday I spoke a lot about, sorry, my previous podcast, I spoke a lot about like being hungry and being able to like the podcast before that was understanding like the hard work that it takes that you need to like the hard work that you apply to that hunger once you have that hunger. And now it's like, taking into consideration that the idea that, you know, not only can you work so hard that you require recovery, but actually being the person that puts that into play, you know what I mean? And like, and that's one thing that's like the super important role about Jesus in the Bible is that he not only took all the rules you meant to follow, but he put them into practice so much. So he created examples of it in society for people to replicate. God, I got off the path there. Mm. But 
it's interesting. It's interesting. I really like... It's cool now I have people contacting me and telling me about the ideas that they have with their business and how they go about... Um, it's, it's interesting how people prioritize what they're doing. You know what I mean? I feel like now... And I really like the fact that I'm kind of doing this as I go along because I, I kind of have this like docu-series on what I feel. Not docu-series. Just, sorry, I'm trying to get the idea out. I can see it in my mind, but I can't say it. The cool part about this is I'll get to go back and watch this video and reflect on like, oh, this is what I was talking about and this is what was important this far into the game for me. You know, This is how I was like seeing the world around me. And I think the cool part is like I'll probably look back at what I'm about to say and go like, oh dude, that's not at all what it's about or that's not how I feel now or whatever. But now that I've got a little bit of like, a little bit of a foot in the game of like, you know, making shit and having having fun with the brand and all the rest, like the thing that I find most people aren't doing is like understanding what their brand is. Like if they understand what their brand is and it's easy, if you understand what you're selling and who you're selling it to, the rest you pretty much can just like, I mean, if you want the really easy option, you just copy what other people are doing that's working already. Or you just look at the people who are buying the, the shit that you're selling and look at the means in which they're doing it and create a personalized style of like, again, replicating those means to make it specific to you. But most people are going in with this idea of like, I'm going to make something that's super unique to me. And then I'm just going to let the people who are attracted to that find it. And I think the reality about business is it's really the mixture of two. It's creating so many things in your kind of field of like interest and then applying it to who you think it would work and then also everyone else. And out of the people that you thought it would work on and out of everyone else, seeing who responded to what things of yours that you you created and then meshing that into something that's like a system that you can refine down to like, right, here's my five best sellers. Here's what three of my ideal customers look like. And here is the perfect way that I've found selling to them works, whether it's through whatever means of marketing, whatever means of sale, whatever it might be. And it's just, uh, I feel like people put a little too much effort into like, what the finished product is going to look like, you know, like instead of going like, and again, like if you've spoken to me about your brand, don't think that I'm speaking about you specifically because I I have a a few people talk to me about their brands. But for example, uh, if you are, you know, if you come up with a fucking super cool design on a t-shirt that you think is the duck's nuts, it's fucking perfect, rah, rah, rah. And you've got an Instagram page that has however many followers on it, anywhere between 100 and 5,000. And you come up with the coolest shirt, right? But people aren't buying off you already. Say this is your first product, one of your first products, and you release this shirt and you go like, cool, here it is for sale. And then, you know, a few people buy it. Now, you can go through that whole process and spend heaps of money to set that process up. And you can even hold a stock of that, putting, you know, betting on yourself and going like, right, I think this is going to do well. Here's what I'm giving to my to my audience. But what if you did a whole series of like market testing where instead of, uh, spending that money on that product, you actually spent the money to get heaps of different mock-ups made with that same design that you think is cool. Put it on shorts, put it on hoodies, put it on long sleeves, put it on hats, put it on belt buckles, put it on Zippo lighters, put it on fucking everything and keep posting all of those things. Just And there's a the thing, don't just post that and make it look like a drop shipping Instagram page. Like Post lifestyle pictures of your brand doing something and then put that as the next slide and go, tell me what you think. Like, Come up with this shit like I just made it up just then. Figure out like, oh, everybody liked the Zippo lighter. Everybody liked the Zippo lighter. Maybe I'll just fucking 
make 20 of those lighters and see how they go. And all of a sudden you make 20 and you sell 20. And then you go, oh, I wonder if I just like reverse the colors on that and release it again. You make 20 of those and sell it again. Hey, do the shirt that you want to do, but do it when you can afford it. Don't do it now when it's going to cripple your dream. Like make sure that you're answering the right problems in the right order. Like you might like only right now, am I trying to get the cost of my shirt production down to a price that allows me to do a bunch of other things in my business. Up until now, I've been focusing on creating the most amount of products that I can that's available to me so I can test and judge my audience as to what's going to work the best for the future. And now that I know what shirts sell really well, now I know what my target audience is, now I know what my best my, my best average my best average customer looks like, I can create the most efficient process at creating that product for that person in the in the process that I want to fucking deliver it to them. I can make all of that super efficient and it's worthwhile because I've got a heap of data to start with. So instead of like trying to do the the yuppie shit that people like doing, like oh I've got a brand, yeah, I'm working on this design, rah rah rah, create something. Creates, create like a, in my mind, I'm trying to create a cult, <laughs> you know, like I'm trying to create people who are into what I'm doing. I want like, and this is the thing you go like, okay, it's not really like nice to hear someone say that. Don't you want a business like Supreme? Do you want a business like Supreme or do you want a business like Rip Curl? Do you want a business that like people who kind and like, oh yeah, I bought a Rip Curl shirt because I know Rip Curl is a good brand. Like nobody says that about Supreme. Rip Curl is a shirt you end up buying when you go into Hillsies looking for a shirt and you want something that's not too Larry but has a brand name on it. That's a Rip Curl shirt. And that's that's honest. Then you get someone like, oh, where'd you get that Red Supreme brick from? Oh, I waited at the fucking New York Supreme store for 36 hours and still had to pay $10,000 for it. I'm not saying I want to rip off my customers. I'm saying if I'm going to build something, I want something worth following. I want something that people are fucking passionate about. Because... Who the fuck wants to brag about earning rip curl? You know what I mean? And like, I'm not doing this to brag about anything, but I'm making something that's worth getting passionate about that has enough depth that you want to fucking line up around a store for two days to get this shit. That's how it is. Anyway, I fucking hit my time. I recorded an extra couple of minutes just because of that bloody dog debacle. I'm sorry. I don't like cutting these podcasts up as well. I like being super integral with everyone. I like showing you that I just do this from fucking A to B with no stops, but Obviously, today we didn't quite get there because I took a fucking gamble on the dog and left the door open. So, and look, I didn't even fucking, I didn't even really talk about anything today. You know, I hope, I hope you got some value out of this. I hope you get some value out of all of my podcasts. I really like getting down and just airing my fucking mind out. I feel like it's almost therapeutic. I'm just trying to, it's funny. Let me talk about this just for a second. Something that I find is a responsibility. And I've, taught, I've spoken about this before. When I look at what the responsibility of me as the owner of Black Ink is, a lot of it comes down to socializing. A lot of it comes down to just being at the right place, organizing the right things with the right people and having those conversations and just letting myself learn all these new things. And also like appreciating, like if I'm talking to a business owner, if I'm talking to someone who's unemployed or if I'm talking to someone who is a stay-at-home mum, or if I'm talking to someone that is you know, just an older person that I know in my life is just like, they all have something to teach Black Ink. They all have something to teach me, Jake, and they all have something to teach Black Ink. And now I'm finding that another part of my business is doing these things. Like, you know, if I have a spare half an hour, it's getting out on my push bike and going for a ride. I feel like, I almost feel like a comedian, you know, the more rich a comedian life, uh, a comedian's life is with, you know, these events and experiences, the more they have to, to come to, to kind of build off with their jokes and all the rest. So I feel like 
the best thing I can do for the podcast is get myself in these situations where I'm forced to think about things. I'm not just walking around this house in circles, you know, like I'm, I'm putting myself in a position where I'm giving myself the best possible likelihood to have things to talk about because, you know, it was the catalyst of this thought or that thought, you know? So it's been interesting that now that I've like, I wouldn't say I've reached any sort of ceiling of things I've got to talk about. I feel like the things that I'm really passionate about, I've got off my chest and I now start to, if you've watched all of these, I feel like I have some real like kind of depth and transparency with, with you now that I can kind of say things and like just lean on these major ideas like, okay, I know he feels like this. So when he goes down this path, he's probably going to take it this direction. I kind of feel like now I'm in a place where all of this energy that I've always had to talk about these things, I still have, but I can start to apply them to really nuanced and specific things because I've got these big ideas of like how I feel about being a gentleman and how I feel about being in a relationship and how I feel about business, how I feel about drugs, how I feel about alcohol and addiction. You know, there's these like kind of really tall like framework of like who I am as a character that I can now just go like, oh yeah, and here's how I feel about people who look at themselves in the mirror while they're taking a selfie, you know? And just like that, I fucking wrap the whole episode up from the back right to the front. This is the episode number 29. Be good to your mum. I'm fucking out. Yo!